jasoncharles.net. Deep talk, deep sounds. Traveling Without Moving, the Season Travelers podcast on jasoncharles.net is sponsored by Pim Philip Experiences, the Manhattan-based tour company that provides custom travel and event experiences in New York City and beyond. Heightening visitor perspectives and engaging business groups with licensed multilingual local guides, Pim Philip offers tailor-made urban expeditions and virtual experiences, often along unexpected routes. Go to pimphilip.com for more information. That's P-I-M-P-H-I-L-I-P.com. Traveling without moving on jasoncharles.net. This is Kenny Shu. I was in Hong Kong a few months before the pandemic. I was there for about a month and a half. I was visiting Hong Kong mainly to check up on my uncle and to visit friends and family. It's quite a trip. The flights are usually uh, 16 to 18 hours, and with the layover, it could go up to 21 hours. The general impression of Hong Kong is you know, uh, neon lights, a lot of tall buildings skyscrapers and everyone is just packed into this small uh, piece of land but uh depending on where you are in hong kong it's a tale of i guess the old and the new one side of hong kong uh, the hong kong side so to say is much more modernized whereas the kowloon side is much more i wouldn't say slums but it's a little on the older side little less developed. One is modeled as a economic hub with a lot of business buildings. And on the opposite side, it's a lot of uh, older buildings, uh, hawkers with, uh, you know, stands, markets are in the middle of the street, people selling different types of fruits. But it's, like I said, it kind of feels like a, t- a tale of two cities, so to say. You know, it's just polarizing on both ends. There is also, you know, outer... Uh, suburbs, places that are really, really beautiful. There are uh, little islands. Climate there is, you won't have the four seasons like New York City. So it's in the summers, it can be very, very hot. It can hit the hundreds depending on which part of the summer you're visiting. And it's just very, very humid. So the, the heat just sticks to you because nothing is evaporating off your body. You're, your, your, your sweat's not cooling you off. You're, you're just constantly being battered by the sun. And even when it's not sunny, it can get very, very just, just hot and humid. And uh, be on the lookout for a monsoon season. There are rainy seasons that, you know, where the government has to give you a warning. You know, it's going to give you a red warning, a black warning. And in those situations, it might be best to stick to indoor activities or stay where you're, you know, stay indoors where you're living because a lot of places might shut down. They'll let you, you know, let you know on a TV. And during the winters, the cold is a little different. It's a little moist cold. So in a way, they say it penetrates your body more. Other than that, you know, spring, spring and fall, they're fairly enjoyable. I feel like the best season to visit would be the fall. I stayed at a hotel in Sha Tin, which is 
20, 30 odd minutes away from you know the central part of Hong Kong, the heart of Hong Kong, so to say. The funny thing with a lot of these hotels, they're actually built right next to a shopping hub or complex and usually situated you know, in the midst of like a really heavy residential neighborhood. So when you do leave the hotel and go to the subway station that is located inside the shopping complex, you'd be running into a lot of folks who actually live in the area. I am the type of person that likes the more local feel. And this area had a older traditional market nearby as well. So it's actually an older kind of hub for a residential area that's partnered with newer shopping hub a complex. I think uh, one thing you'll find is uh, living quarters in Hong Kong since it's so tight, everything so packed together is that's very, very convenient. And you know, there are small little stores, general stores, and there are high-end uh, shopping and there are McDonald's. So it's, it's again, another polarizing thing. The old with the new as well. I actually speak uh, Cantonese and Mandarin both fluently. Cantonese is still regarded as a general language, the common language in Hong Kong. But with uh, you know, with more and more folks coming in from uh, mainland China, so Mandarin is also you know fairly used in, in uh, Hong Kong. But uh, don't be afraid if you don't speak any of those. There are a lot of visual aids, and there are a lot of folks in Hong Kong that do speak English. The, the central parts of the city are generally easy to get around. There is a rail system, there is a subway system, and it's fairly efficient. Uh, the, the, the directions are easy. I think anyone can do it. There are signs in English, there are arrows that point certain ways. You know, so if you don't speak a word of Chinese, it's, it's easy to get around. It's like years ahead to New York City subway system. It's, it's a little more efficient. You know, you're not, you're not stuck for 20 minutes waiting on one train. But if subway's not your thing and you're a little more adventurous, you can take buses. They do have these double-decker buses, which is a great way to get around as well because you can sit on the upper deck and you can see the city as you're driving, as it's driving by. There are also, uh, Hong Kong Island, near Causeway Bay, there are actual trams cable cars, very old school cable car, rickety wooden cable cars that I, I do recommend folks try out because it's another good way to see different neighborhoods of the Hong Kong Island. And you can sit on the, the first stop to the last. It's a two levels to it. So you can sit on top and the bottom. And you can see parts of old Hong Kong that has been given a facelift recent years with the whole I guess retro movement, you know, folks yearning for the old days. A lot of folks have taken to riding these. Even, you know, a lot of everyday Hong Kong citizens, they would actually, you know, enjoy it. You know, they, they will take that kind of like a, a romantic travel to the past kind of uh, experience for them. In a way, I'm kind of past the touristy stuff, but actually one tourist location I would go to is the Big Buddha. It's a little further off from the city, but it is accessible by rail or subway. The reason why I do go there is you can take this cable car. So it's, it's a very nice little experience. The cable cars come in this regular cable car and the one that is all glass. For folks who are not afraid, where 
you see everything below you, sitting around you. It's a nice break from the urban scenery, the bustling city, where you see the, the you know, the giant Buddha, but there's a little dedicated area, a cultural thing where they're trying to show you different you know, aspects of old Hong Kong culture. Another one that I do like to go to would be uh, Victoria Peak. Uh, you could take a old, very old school uh, cable car up there. And from Victoria Peak, you can actually get a good, um, you know, weather permitting, especially during the nights. Uh, you can actually see all the buildings lit up. Uh, it's quite a sight to see. One of the biggest attractions in Hong Kong is, is food. And food plays a big part in my life because my dad was a cook. My mom is a very capable home cook and I graduated culinary school. I work in the restaurant business, the food industry, so to say. So food is a critical part of uh, life for me. And Hong Kong has endless options to offer. You know, there's a lot to see there in regards to food. Uh, there's just traditional markets on the streets. There's a wet markets, food stalls, hole in the walls, very uh, traditional old school places where people eat at and there were very high-end restaurants so there's just endless options for everyone one thing that i feel like is tradition for cantonese or chinese folks when they get off the plane is the first meal is usually something that lets you adjust to the water there uh, we usually have kanji so it's something like uh, a rice porridge it's something light um, doesn't upset your stomach so you kind of you don't hit the ground running yeah, you slowly ease your way into it. Uh, this way, you know, you don't feel sick for the rest of the day. Uh, another family tradition is we always go to this one particular little shop called a uh, Mac Man Key. Um, it's in uh, Kowloon and they specialize in wonton. Hong Kong style wontons, a lot of them are actually just pure shrimp. They're also known for their beef brisket noodles. And wash it down, a bottle of uh, cream soda or a bottle of Coca-Cola. And it's, it's a glass bottle. It's just like the old school ones. And it's well carbonated. So it's a little different from uh, the usual canned stuff. So it's a very good shop. Uh, it's, it's a very local feel to it. It's tiny little stalls. And when you do order that, sorry, wash it down a bottle of uh, cream soda or a bottle of coca-cola and it's, it's a glass bottle it's just like the old school ones and it's very very well well carbonated so it's a little different from uh, the usual canned stuff and also mcmahon key uh, it's actually one of four uh, wonton restaurants that came from a wonton specialist that was famous back in the days in hong kong so this gentleman his last name was Mac, and he didn't have any sons, from what I understood. So he taught his, uh, I think it was nephews or some some male relatives, how to make all these wontons. And then shortly after his passing or you know his retirement, they each opened up their own restaurants. So we have four different uh, restaurants that centralize around uh, that specialize wontons and Mac Man Key is one of them and right next door to them is another of the offshoots so you can actually find two wonton specialists right in that general area uh, Mac Man Key is actually 
in the central part of Kowloon, closer to uh, Mong Kok and Sim Sha Chui, which is two very, very popular areas in Kowloon. We do go food shopping, but we don't really pick up any meats. We do actually shop a lot for fruits. So the, the fruit markets are another wonderful thing to visit. Uh, you can get fresh mango steens, you get fresh mangoes, fresh lychees, depending on the season, fresh pineapples. There's just a plethora of fruits. And there's also very polarizing uh, durian. So fresh durians. <laughs> uh, you either love it or you hate it. You know, I'm not gonna disclose my position on it. I'm afraid of getting attacked from either sides of the durian <laughs> war, so to say. Uh, but there, there's also, you know, jackfruits. Depending on the fruit markets, there might even be, you know, a, a small little stand that does fresh sugarcane juice, which is another experience that I feel a lot of folks should try. It doesn't seem appealing, you know, that appetizing at first, but actually quite tasty. And another tip is uh, if you do want to check out fruits, there's actually a fruit market that is specialized in wholesale that has in recent years opened up to the general public in Kowloon, where they do a lot of more specialized fruits that are imported from Japan, from you know mainland China, from Taiwan. There's just so much. So in Kowloon City, it's a generally more older area. They have this shop, a local tofu place, uh, one very famous one that makes douhua or daofufa in Cantonese. <laughs> and it's kind of like a pudding, a tofu pudding, a soy pudding, a soybean pudding, so to say. Uh, they, they serve it cold, hot. When you have it cold, it's just, it's just silky smooth. It's velvety. It's hands down just levels above what you can find in New York City. They have these urns of brown sugar powder that they make and you just sprinkle that into your tofu pudding. And on a hot summer day, when I usually do go to Hong Kong, it's there's just nothing like it. And in the front, you can actually get these stuffed peppers, stuffed eggplants and stuffed tofu where they, they stuff a, with a fish paste. And it's quickly seared on a, a flat top. So you can have that too. And one interesting thing is you would not find a cash register at the store. They have this really old school system where it's a basket on, I guess, some kind of a retracting cable kind of thing where they pull it down if they need money. They don't. They just let it go and it just just pops back up. It's, it's a very interesting sight. One thing about going to this tofu shop is a lot of people know that if you go there, you can actually run into uh, Chow Yun Fat. Some folks who aren't familiar with him, he's, he's in a lot of uh, action films. A lot of these action films back in the 80s, 90s. You know, he started, um, what was it? Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, so you can actually run into him. Just like a, you know, a, a normal everyday citizen of Hong Kong. He's just walking around. Another must visit, I feel like, is Kamwa uh, Bakery located in Mong Kok. It's a fairly tiny bakery and they're famous for their pineapple buns. For the uninitiated, uh, it's pineapple buns don't have any pineapple in it. They're just, they just look kind of like a pineapple, I guess. It's a crunchy sugar topping. You can also get this in New York City, but again, there's nothing that can compare to it. Uh, dim sum, there's just so many options. 
one famous one that actually does have an outpost in New York City is Tim Ho Wan. They've started their, you know, run to popularity a few years back. I've been visiting them since they opened, when they first opened in Hong Kong. And you can get their pork buns, their famous pork buns. And for seafood, uh, is uh, the mantis shrimp. I'm not sure if folks ever seen it. It's it's a little strange. It's a fairly large shrimp with huge claws in the front that looks like a mantis. But the meat of it is just there's a snap to it. But it's just very very sweet. You know, background is Cantonese. Seafood is actually an integral part of my diet. And for seafood, you can go to different neighborhoods uh, if you don't mind the pricing. You can go to Saigon, which is a kind of suburbs away from the city.、Um, they have buses there, and、um, there's a whole waterfront there that you can pick up seafood, good alcohol, you know, a beer. You can sit down, have a nice meal.、Uh, also, there's a place called, in Cantonese called、uh, Samsing Shun. It's it's a little further off from. The city you have to go to Chenwan, which is in the west of Kowloon, and from there you take the bus into this village. That it's an interesting sight. They have a row of seafood hawkers, and then you can pick up your seafood there, and you take that in these clear plastic bags to these you know rows of restaurants, smaller restaurants, and you say, "Hey, cook this up for me." They'll charge you a, a price depending on what you make. And you sit down on these plastic chairs, these wooden tables. You know, very crowded. It's like it almost feels like you're eating inside of a a market.、Uh, you know, any street market.、Um, but if it's if that's not for you, you know, if you're sitting out in the open. They do have a restaurant there as well that you can you know sit inside where it's nice and air conditioned, no mosquitoes. <laughs> you know, nipping up, biting at your your ankles. But uh. It's kind of like that also in the Saigon, but it's you know these two different areas that you can check out. Make sure you you know make sure you order up a fish, have it steamed because、uh, I think、um, that's the best measure of if a fish is fresh and if it's delicious. Because when you steam it, there's just nothing to hide behind of. There's no you know sauce. There's no batter to mask the the texture. Depending on the season, you can also get different kinds of shrimp, and that's exclusive to the local area. So, you know, be on the lookout. One very, very iconic、uh, area would be a place called Lan Kui Fa. It's located in central of Hong Kong Island. It's pretty much a whole area full of bars. There will be actually a lot of expats,、uh, you know, just known for its drinking. A lot of open bars, pubs. You know, drinking on the just on the side of the streets. Another great area to visit at night would be Jim Sha Chui, which is on the Kowloon side. There are, you know, extracurricular activities you can you know get into. You like,、uh, you can actually go squid fishing. You go on a little boat. You know, they give you hooks and flashlights, and you know. Try to hook them on, and it's it's a fun experience. Not sure if you're gonna catch anything, but it's still fun to you know to try out. <laughs> it's like, is there anything else that I think about besides food? Um, one thing outside of eating, but it's I guess it's related to food as well. Is one thing that I always do is to check out bookstores. There's always you know a good amount of Chinese cookbooks, 
And the second one would actually be to find ingredients that you usually don't see. I like to go shopping or restocking of、uh, ingredients you either don't find in the states or the quality is much better. Things like dried scallops, something called、uh, fish maw, dried fish maw, shiitake mushrooms, dried shiitake mushrooms,、uh, you know, even dry sea cucumbers. And then there's also the stuff that you generally can't even find at all.、Uh, at one point,、uh, there was something called a、uh, soy sauce salt. If I was to translate properly, it's, it's concentration of salt in the process of making soy sauce. So it's these crystals that are black and gray that you can season with. Just a little interesting little ingredients.、Uh, another one would be、uh, something called peach resin, which when you、uh, reconstitute has this.、Uh, Gelatinous kind of quality to it that you use for sweet soups, desserts, things like that. If you visit during the fall, again, this goes. This extends back to、uh, food again. <laughs> If you happen to be in the area around mid-autumn festival or the lunar festival, you can buy a lot of mooncakes, the、uh, different mooncakes that you can、uh, try and sample, you know, or bring back to the states. It's a baked confectionery that、uh, the traditional ones. Uh, what's in it is that it's made with a bit of lard, but they also make the modern ones that don't use lard. But in general, the traditional ones have a bean paste, and inside you can opt to have one that may or may not have it.、Uh, it's a salted egg yolk. You can get one that can have up to four salted egg yolks, which is a heart attack city. <laughs> but folks eat a lot of it anyways. There are less. Traditional ones, more modern ones, where the skin could be made with glutinous rice flour, so it's a little stretchy, a little chewy, and inside might be a an ice cream filling or a sweeter, a more fruitier, a bean paste kind of filling. Just life there revolves a lot around food. People there know how to eat. People there know how to cook. Folks in Hong Kong. To me, they're known to be one of the most pickiest eaters in the world. So, if you don't have what it takes to open a restaurant in Hong Kong, they're gonna let you know it. You know, you'll be you'll be driven out of business quickly. <laughs> so I'll say, I hope I can go back to Hong Kong. And, you know, it really depends on you know the political powers. Maybe it's a little overstated, or maybe it's a little over exaggerated. But we don't know what the government holds for us. You know. Honestly, you don't want to be detained or stuff, you know, things like that. All of a sudden, you know, your plans are all scrapped over something you said on,、uh, you know, years ago. There's also a lawn near all the legislative buildings, which is a、uh, infamous because it's used for a lot of protests. There, one year when there was a protest, that was quite a few years back, and there is mention of it. At that time, there was more mention of it, but I think in recent years. You, there, it's more of not that no, not that no one mentions it. It's just that it's hanging in the air. You, you know what's happening, but a lot of folks、uh, they can't. They they really can't talk about、it. in this in their situation.、Uh, you know, since they can't move away, they don't want to say something that might be、uh, inflammatory, so to say. So they they want to just get on with their daily lives and not bring it up on public. But there there are signs of it. But you know, in recent You know, it has died down quite a bit. It's been stomped on. I think that's 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 the general gist of it. Do you have plans? I had a whole itinerary redrawn out 
for Taiwan, from Taiwan to Hong Kong, and Japan. Taiwan would be, you know, kind of a homecoming for me as well. My dad's from Taiwan. He grew up with a big family, you know, a rural family back in the days. It's just a really heavy, you know, farming and agriculture society back then. So they used to they used to live in Yilan, which is a I think an hour or so away from Taipei, and they're famous for their ducks and their scallion, <laughs> which is an interesting. A lot of beautiful food. A lot of、uh, very very friendly people there.、Uh, last time I, I did a layover from Taiwan to Hong Kong, and I, I tell a lot of people this is that when I was staring out the window, looking into Taiwan, you know, and I did shed a silent little tear. I hope I can. See Taiwan again, just feel Taiwan again, and live Taiwan again. And we do want to see our friends and family, how they're doing in Hong Kong. My trips to Hong Kong are actually, since I've been there a lot, it has become kind of an experience where I go there to not be a New Yorker for a month and a half. I'm there to just live. You've been listening to Traveling Without Moving on JasonCharles.net. JasonCharles.net. Deep talk, deep sounds. That was so deep. Traveling Without Moving, the Season Travelers Podcast on JasonCharles.net. Is sponsored by Pim Philip Experiences, the Manhattan-based tour company that provides custom travel and event experiences in New York City and beyond, heightening visitor perspectives and engaging business groups with licensed multilingual local guides. Pim Philip offers tailor-made urban expeditions and virtual experiences, often along unexpected routes. Go to pimphilip.com for more information. That's P-I-M-P-H-I-L-I-P. dot com.